You're listening to one of the sermons preached from Shalom Baptist Chapel, recorded at one of our worship services. Good to see uh, some of you here in the church premise, face to face. Of course, I think mostly your eyes, <laughs> you know, but welcome back uh, to our church premise. It's really good uh, to see all of you once again, I think, what, after nine months or so, right? And uh, so I'm glad that they you know can get us back uh, to the church premise. And for those of you who are uh, joining online, uh, I hope that, uh, yeah, you will look forward to register and uh, come and join us uh, at the premise. Please uh, just, you know, you can be assured, you register, you will, uh, we will make sure you have a slot to come and join us every Sunday. Today is the first Sunday of 2021. And I'd like to share with you a simple New Year's message for 2021. And it comes from a very familiar passage in the New Testament. Um, it's one of the very familiar parables that Jesus spoke, found in Matthew chapter 25. I'm sure you know it by heart even. You know the story. You know the parable. But I hope to bring to you again what God seems to be impressing upon my heart for all of us this year. So let me read the passage for all of us as we see what is in store for us. From Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 27. Jesus said, again, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to invest and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful 
servant. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and look, I have earned two more. Likewise, the master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. And here's the punch. I was afraid. I was afraid, the servant said. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But his master responded, If you knew that I harvest where I haven't planted and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have invested, right? Then you should have invested my money with the bankers. At least when I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. Before us is the parable of the three servants. The parable of the three servants. And the attention is given to the third servant, if you notice. Why is the third servant so significant in this parable is because, if you remember, we just read the third servant, because of fear, right? Fear caused this third servant to bury what was entrusted to him by his master. Because the third servant said, I was afraid I would lose your money. And so I didn't do anything about your money like the two other servants. I was afraid fear caused him to bury what was entrusted to him by his master. Now, this parable becomes relatable here because this is where you and I, all of us, can identify with this third servant. You agree with me? Why do I say that? Because, to be very honest, all of us, like this servant, struggle and wrestle with fear. We all fear. We all have fears. Like the third servant, we, we, we fear of losing. Now, for some of you, you may say, well, nah, I, it's not really fear, fear, you know. But for some of you, your fear can be in the, in, in, in a way of, in the way of being anxious, as some of you, you may say, no, it's not fear, but it's, it's more of like, I don't like the inconvenience of losing something or someone. Or you may just say, I just don't like to lose anything or anyone. I mean, why should I lose? That kind of attitude. But I think at the core of it, there is this fear in each one of us. It manifests in different ways, but at the core of it, I believe that there is some kind of fear in all of us that we fear like the third servant of losing something or someone. We fear losing what we have, right? We, you fear 
even for those of you who are online, I may not know you or I may not know all of you here personally, your deep fears, but I, I, I think you, we all fear of losing what we have. You know, the third servant, he, he was afraid that he would lose that one bag of silver that was given to him. It was like, you know, I can just imagine, you know, uh, what would be, isn't it? What if? Fear is always what if, what if. And I can imagine this third servant, that would be going in his mind, what if, what if. And that what if fear barred him or led him to just bury that which was entrusted to him. Fear of losing. And likewise, we all fear of losing, right? We fear of losing our loved ones, for example. Talking about fear, losing our loved ones. You know, <clears throat> this was one of the greatest fears that I and my family back in my hometown had, especially last year. Because the fear was, what if any of our family members, close family members, contracted the virus and passed on? It would be quite sad, isn't it? Because we will not be even be able to visit. Many people will not be even able to go and, 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 and bid farewell. And guess what? That fear came to our reality. On the 26th of December, Saturday morning, I was having a meeting with the board leaders. And in the midst of the meeting, I don't know whether some of the board leaders noticed, but I was on the call. And that call I received was one of my uncles passed on that very morning. Uh, my, my, my dad's elder brother, uh, and he was also our neighbor. We all fear of losing our loved ones, isn't it? And it was quite saddening for me because, you know, I, I'm here, no chance, uh, no way to, to look and even say a bit farewell in whatever ways that is. But that's, that's just part and parcel of life, isn't it? We fear of losing our loved ones, and that has always been the greatest fear, I'm sure, that has been some of your greatest fear, even last year, and even perhaps even this year, because COVID has not left us yet. We fear, of course, also losing our jobs, isn't it? Especially, you know, because of this pandemic, many, many, many people have lost their jobs. Many families are struggling because they lost their jobs. And I... And I hope that we will have some heart for people who are struggling. I hope that we will not have the attitude, oh, well, we are so blessed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you trust in the Lord, He will protect you. We are the protected ones. I, I hope that that will not be our attitude. I hope our attitude will be like we cry for them and we pray for them. Our heart goes out for them. So we fear losing our job, isn't it? And this year, even for some of you, at least I know, even from our church, some of you I know, I know you, you have shared with me how you are afraid of how it's going to turn out this year. We fear also losing our time, isn't it? Because time lost, it's gone. 
time that we have lost last year to 2020 for whatever reason, it's gone. It's never going to be back again. You know, for some of us, we wish, yeah, during the circuit breaker period, I should have done this. I should have, you know, <laughs> you know uh, learned to how to cook or bake or whatever, you know, or dance or whatever, you know, or cultivate some habits. So we, we, we fear of losing all this. We fear losing what? Money, our resources. You know, we have earned, we have worked so hard, and we lose fearing the hard work that we put in. We fear what? Losing relationships. <clears throat> For some of you, you may be at the fringe of it. Yeah, you, you are at the age of like breaking down in terms of your relationship with your spouse, your, your, your children, your parents, your sibling, your colleagues, your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, and so on and so forth. We lose, we, we, we fear losing. And I must, I must add on uh, uh, one more about fearing to lose something, and that is this. We all fear losing our comfort zone, don't we? <laughs> we all have comfort zones. It's like, oh, I just want to be like this. Steady income, <laughs> steady family, steady time commitment. Don't ask me to add in any commitment. Don't ask me to stand. I am good sitting down. This is life. Well, nothing bad in that. It's nothing bad. It's not sin that you just sit in your comfort zone. We all need comfort zones. That's not the problem. I think the problem is that when, when we make our lifestyle surrounding just within our comfort zone, that is the problem. And, and I think we have that fear of losing that comfort zones that we all have. These are just some out of so many I wish I had time to just go on and on, but I don't. So, these are some things that we fear, losing what we have. But I must say that we also fear losing what we don't have. That's right. We also fear losing that which we don't have. That which we don't have yet. Something that you are working towards too. Oh, you want to climb up the social ladder. Oh, you want to have a relationship. You want to have that um, a marriage life. You want to have that kind of family life. You want to have that kind of job. You want to have that kind of so and so forth. You don't have, but you are working towards it. You have, you have dreams, you have desires, and you are working very hard towards that. Maybe for you, you are saying, this year, die, die, I am committed to achieving that goal, that dream of mine. And guess what? You are fear. You are, you are fearful. We are afraid of losing even that which we don't have. Good news. The good news is this. It's okay to fear. Not, not, a, I mean, not a great idea. I mean, not a new idea. I mean, you know that, right? It's okay to fear. God understands. God is perfectly okay that you and I fear because it's just part and parcel of life. But it is not okay when we fear to the point that we bury what God has entrusted to us. 
It is okay to fear. It is not okay to fear when fear leads us to bury that which God has given and entrusted to each one of us something or someone in our lives. And I believe that's what the parable that we just read, the parable of the three servants, teaches us. You see, the master didn't scold the third servant because he was afraid, right? Do you remember the passage? Did the master say, oh, how come you were so afraid? How come you didn't trust in me? How come you didn't believe in God? Why were you so afraid? It was pointless for you to fear. No, the master didn't say that the master was not upset because the servant was fearful. But the master was upset because the servant didn't do anything with that which was entrusted to him. The, the master was upset, the master was angry, the master scolded him because the servant didn't invest that which was entrusted to him. So you see, brothers and sisters, you and I, we can be fearful of anything and anyone, but we can still go ahead and invest that which God has already been given and entrusted to us. Now, do you think that the other two servants, the first one and the second one, the one who received five and, the, and two bags of silver, do you think that the two, these two servants were not afraid of anything? What do you think? I'm sure not. Of course not. They, they definitely have fears of their own. They feared. But I believe they also believed the right thing that they need to do despite their fear. It would be as if like who? Especially the one who received five bags of silver. That's quite a lot of money. I think the one who received the five bags would be actually more fearful than the one who received only one bag of silver. Because the one who received five, like, wow, that's a lot of money. You know, I got to be careful. What if, what if, what if? What if, you know, someone comes to me because they are actually greedy and they want to cheat because I have so much money? What if? There would be a lot of fear. But I believe that despite the fear that they had, they believed the right thing that they needed to do. And the right thing that they needed to do was to go and invest. Yes, I am afraid of losing out, but I know what I must do because they knew very well that the master entrusted to them so that they can invest. So despite the fear that they had, and I tell you, some of their fears, I am sure it will be valid. Reasonable fear, real fears. We should have those fears. But in spite of that, they knew what was the right thing to do, and that was go and invest. So here's what you can do with your fear, because we all have fear. The question is, because all right, so all of us have fear, we still have fear, so how can we go about? What do we do with the fear that we have? 
And I think we have two choices. You can either let fear demotivate you, discourage you, or you can choose to let the fear that you have motivate you, compel you, force you to trust in God and do the right thing, that is, to invest. Let me say that again. We all have fear, so what do we do with fear? You can, I think, do only two things. You can either let the fear demotivate you, let you sit in the comfort zone, you know, like, nah, I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to, you know, lose my life, my time, my resources, and all those. 2021, I'm here, but I'll be the same. Well, you can do that because you have a lot of fears and anxieties and don't know, a lot of uncertainty. So you can choose to let fear demotivate you, keep you where you are. Or, I believe you should, I should, if you are Jesus followers especially, but you don't have to be a Jesus follower to let fear motivate you to look for a greater power out there, whatever that is for you. But for us, we know the greater power that we have is look up to God. He is like the, like the master in the parable. He is our master. And He is a gracious master. So, you can either let fear demotivate or motivate you to trust in God and do the right thing. And that is the goal. And invest. Another challenge, another challenge would be this, like the third servant. When you compare yourself, when you compare yourself with others, when you compare yourself what you have, your time, your resources, your position, your job, your relationships, your money, your so and so forth, your experiences, your skills, when you compare yourself with what you have with others, you know, you, what you have may appear to be little. You know what I mean? When, when you really take a hard look and compare with others, what you have may seem to be little. Or for some of us, it may be even, it may appear even to be very insignificant. And here is what I want to remind all of us. And that's fine, you know, because it may, be, it may be true that when you compare yourself with others, what, what others have, I think what you have really may be very little. It's like, it's like very insignificant, you know, compared to, oh, my friend, oh, my neighbor, oh, my colleagues, oh, you know, they have all that. You know, if only I can have like that, I think I would also be like them, that kind of stuff. Like, I think so when we compare, definitely, for some of us, what we have may seem little or even insignificant. And that may be true for some of us. But here's the thing that we need to remind ourselves. That there are many people out there in the world that they don't have what you have. If you're thinking that, oh, it's too insignificant, it's too little, what can I do? What can I invest? with this kind of things that I have in my life. Just remember, there are many people out there in the world. They don't even have the basic things that you and I have and that you and I actually take it for granted 
most of the time. So just the perspective. I hope that will help us. So what matters is not how much you have and I have. What matters is not how much others have. What matters is not what we have, but what we do with what we have. What matters is not what we have, but what we do with what we have. So imagine, my brothers and sisters, my friends, imagine the potential of investing, right? I mean, when you invest, the potential in investing is this, that when you invest, you have the potential to multiply that which you already have. What you have can multiply. That's the potential of investing in what you have. And not only that, but when you invest, the potential is that what you desire or what you are dreaming about or what you're working towards about the future can also become a reality. Like I said, for some of you, you may have a dream, you may have a resolution, you may have a goal that you have planned to achieve by the end of this year. And that's the potential of investing, intentionally investing in it. You can see your dreams into becoming into a reality. But again, the flip side is that if you don't invest, then, well, the potential of not investing is that you may not have what you have because you may lose some of the things that you have if you don't invest. By the end of this year, some of you may realize, oops, I lost my time. Oops, I lost it, I lost that, I lost that. And because it is because you and I didn't invest. So the, the potential, the flip side of the potential of investing is that if you don't invest, you may even lose, you may not have what you have at the end of the day. And then if you don't invest, for some of us, you may say, oh, no, 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 I may still have. Yes, for some of you, even if you don't invest, you may still have what you have. All right? You may still have what you have. Even though you don't invest, you may still have what you have, but with no value or less value of what you have. The value of what you have will be of no value or will be of little value. Less value, which will not make a, any difference. It's like, you know, those resources, you know, Yesterday, I, uh, I, I had the privilege to go and uh, attend uh, Brother Chua's Alpha Group follow-up. And I was glad I went uh, because of the food, <laughs> to be very honest. But of course, food and fellowship, okay? I, you know, not just the food, but fellowship. You know why? Because I had the opportunity to get to know uh, three of them, three of our guests uh, in, in Brother Chua's uh, group. And I, I, I just had fun, you know, you know we were just uh, sharing a, a lot of things, you know. Uh, and one of the things that um, I had the privilege was telling them where I came from and uh, uh, what kind of place is Nagaland. And so I was telling them, oh, by the way, Nagaland is a very rich state. Then they asked me, like, why? I said, well, we have... 
mountains after mountains are like, ah, your mountain's very expensive. Ah. You know, no, 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 no. Because you go to the mountains, you just dig, dig, dig a bit. Wah! The granite will come out, the coal will come out, the oil will come out. Very rich. That's why, you know, we protect our land. Very rich. But then, we don't have the money. But we don't have any development, you know, in Nagaland. If you go to Nagaland, you will see like, ah, I thought your, your state very rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all untapped resource. It's all underground, dug in, you know. We need to <laughs> dig it out. But of course, because of the political issues and all those, we couldn't. So it will be like that. And I don't know. Because it has been there for so many years. I don't know when it's time to... Dig out, I don't know how, whether the value will remain the same or the value will drop. It's something like that, you see? When we don't invest, when we just keep it, when we don't use it for ourselves, for, for the benefit of others, you may still have, but it may be of no value or just value that is insignificant. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ and my friends, wherever you are, make 2021 a year of invest. That's right. And that's the one word that I want to give to all of us from this parable. And I believe this parable is telling us and encouraging us as a church, as individuals, to make this year to be a year of invest, to be intentional. You know, some economists say that, you know, this year it's going to be a bumper year, you know. I don't know how true that is. But they are saying that this year is going to be a year of investing. You got to invest. But of course, they were talking about in terms of economy. But I think we can invest too, our lives. So make 2021. Let's make it together. As individuals, as a your own family unit, and as a corporate body, as Shalom Baptist Chapel, as a local church. Invest, 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 so that you will multiply what you have. Invest, so that you will multiply what you already have. Invest, so that you will be in a position to bless and change someone's life. Wouldn't that be great? By the end of 2021, as the result of you committing yourself to invest, that as you invest what you have, you multiply what you have, and then when you multiply what you have, you become, you, 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 you come to a place in a position where you are able to bless without thinking twice where you are able to just change impact and change someone's life. Brothers, I'd I like you to imagine, think with me, if all of us, I don't know how many of us, because I don't know how many are watching online from Singapore, from overseas, but whoever you are, imagine if each one of us, we invest and multiply what we have and we, become, we, 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 we come up to a place where we can be a blessing and change someone's life, one person's life by the end of this year. Imagine the impact that we can make in our society. And that's the potential of invest. And that's why I'd like to encourage all of us. Let's invest. And let's invest finally so that 
you and I, we will receive a commendation of well done. I don't know about you, but I like, I like to congratulate, I like to well done myself at the end of every year, you know? Looking back how I have done in my own personal life, in my personal life, in my professional life, and so on and so forth. So, let's invest so that by the end of this year, that we will receive a commendation of well done. You did great. You did good. By others, by people around us, especially the people whom we have invested our life and our time, but more so. Like the three servants, we also have a master. Invest so that by the end of this year, we will receive a commendation by our master, who is Jesus Christ himself. And we hear him say, well done. Well done. You did great. So that's my encouragement for all of us. And um, I realized that it's not what you hear, it's not what we hear, but it's what you do, it's what we do that will make a difference in your life. So I'd like to invite you and give you a time to respond, to respond to what you have heard. And I'd like to just invite uh, David first, and uh, he will just help us to just play some music, and in the meantime, I'd like to give you this opportunity to respond. So would you just close your eyes and bow down your heads with me? And I'll just lead you and give you the time to respond to what you have heard. Because at the end of the, of the day, it's not like, wow, that was a good idea or that was a good word that will change your life and my life. but it's what you and I will decide to do with what we have heard. There are three areas that I would like you to consider how you can invest this year. Personal life, professional life, and church life. Let me lead you for the first one. If you are at home watching online, wherever you may be, on the go, would you also just take this time and, yeah, take this privilege to respond? Because I know you and I want to see fruits, bearing fruit, right, at the end of this year. So would you just consider right now in your personal life, what are the areas in your personal life that you would like to invest this year? For some of you, it could be your family, right? Could be family in terms of your children or with your parents. Because maybe 2020 has been a rough year, right? It's like a lot of tension between family members. 
maybe it's time this year could be a year to invest so that you can rebuild your family life. Others of you, it may be relationships, relationships with your spouse, your children, your parents, siblings, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or with your friends and colleagues. for some of us it could be some our character our personality our attitude we have a good heart <laughs> but we always struggle with our personality with our characters with how we treat with one, we treat one another make it a goal this is a time you can say you know what yeah I'd like to invest in that area I like to see change. I like to see a better version of myself. I'll give you this time in the area of your personal life. about a professional life your work or your studies is there some areas that God is surfacing for you that you need to improve that you need to give your heart and soul a bit more that you need to discipline a bit more a professional life could be in any kinds of work that you have or studies Maybe 2020 has not been a good year of improving or giving your best. Actually, you saw yourself being like, I don't know what kind of a worker, I don't know how, what kind of commitment I have to this. Maybe this year, it's a good year to rebuild that. What are some of the areas in your professional life? And for those of us, you may say, oh, well, I, I don't have any professional life. I'm retired. Well, you may be retired, but you have the time with you. What can you do with it? How can you make it meaningful for yourself and for people around you? What would you like to invest in that area? Finally, a church life. Where is God leading you to invest in our church life? Shalom Baptist Chapel is a local church of Jesus Christ, but this church is made up of every one of us who are here and out there watching at home online. You must remember we must remember, you and I make up the church. If you and I don't fully participate 
in the church life. This church is going to be no church. We are going to be wasting that which God has given to us. And we are going to bring a bad name to the church of Jesus for the world that is watching us. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, as much as personal life and professional life is important, but this too, personal and professional life, should be something that comes out of the church life because the church life is where we come to realize that we are not by ourselves. We are one big family under Jesus Christ. Because when this earth is over, we are all going to be in one big house, in the big mansion of God as brothers and sisters in Christ. So I think it would do good for us to start living as if we are. Because we are. 2020 has been a tough year. Appreciate for those of us who have kept on week in, week out serving. Truly appreciate. And this is where I want to remind all of you church members, be grateful. But don't stop there. Just being grateful isn't enough. Because you are the church. So as we start off coming back to the church premise, we need more people to come and serve. We need more of you to come here, lead worship, lead prayers, serve in the ashes, in the, in the youth ministry, children ministry. We have so many potential. Community services, doors are so wide open. Ministries that we want to but we don't have anyone to come forward, to step forward, to trust God. And as we shared in our vision 2022 last year, our leaders, our servants, those who are looking after the church ministry, they are really overcommitted, my dear brothers and sisters. I have to emphasize that. Many of us will burn out if we don't see the life of church coming forward to say, how can we serve one another? So as we start to come back, may I, may I encourage and challenge all of you. Come, let us serve together. Let us serve one another. Let us serve the community out there. I know there are so many needs, we cannot meet them. But there are some, there are one, there are two, there are three. You and I, if we come together to say, all right, pastor, all right, come brothers. I don't know what I can do, but I am just throwing myself in. Let's do what God is calling us to do. Imagine. Imagine the impact that we are going to bring to ourselves and to our communities out there and that is going to impact your professional life and your personal life as well. So my dear church, 2021, what are the areas in the church life you'd like to invest? 
You know, for this one, some of you may have no idea. Some of you have, may have some ideas where you want to invest. Go ahead and make commitment. But for those of you who may say like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what are the ministries. That's fine. If you are thinking that way, would you just trust God and say, you know what? <laughs> it's God that I'm serving. He will enable me. So I'm going to just say, I'm going to invest my time, my resource, my ministry in the local church. And I'm going to step forward and I'm going to let God lead me and equip me. That is good enough. So I'll give you this time. How would you invest with what God has already given you, the skill, experience in your professional life, in your personal life? Our church members, all of you have vast experience in your own fields. And if we can bring all your experiences together, I think we can make a great church out of this church that we already have. So come. What are you willing to invest with what God has already given to you for His church? I just pray for all of us if you're watching online and you want to stand with us stand wherever you are and join us as we commit ourselves as we dedicate and consecrate ourselves for 2021 let me pray for all of you Spirit, I ask of you to be merciful to us and to come upon us, to give us the strength, to give us the ability, to give us your anointing, your favor upon us. Give us that power beyond ourselves so that we make 2021 a year of invest investing in what you have already given to us so that we see it multiply and we come to a position, a place where we can be a blessing and change someone's life and we can receive commendation of well done from each other and from you especially. So Lord, we commit. I just want to commit all my brothers and sisters here in this premise and everyone online for their personal life, professional life, and church life. Whatever areas you have brought them to mind, I know it can be overwhelming. It's like, how to? And I know for some of us, like me, 
we don't like to think because there's so many things and when we think of so many things we get overwhelmed because we know ourselves we cannot because we have tried for some of us we have tried so many times and we just fail after fail we start good but we cannot sustain and that's why Holy Spirit we need you so come right now fall afresh upon each one of us here and everyone there online fall afresh fill us with your power fill us with your anointing so that there is power that is beyond us that will enable us to invest in our personal life in our professional life and in our church life and may this year be a year of restepping, rebuilding our lives in you with one another and with our communities. So Lord, right now, once again, pour your blessing upon each one of us. Right now, Holy Spirit, fall afresh in Jesus' name.